Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Now, tonight we're going to start a new title. We'll say a new title to these lessons, Understanding Faith. This first lesson will be the introduction to Understanding Faith. Understanding Faith. So we talked about the importance of faith. Now we're going to talk about understanding faith. And I don't know about you, but I have been impressed in my spirit just to settle right on down on this subject. Just to, you know, get comfortable. Just relax. And just hang in there in faith. Because after I give you this list, you'll understand why. We gave you a few things that you could do by faith and that you have to do by faith and that you only can do by faith. We're just going to rattle off to you a few. So you get yourself ready to write down these scriptures and uh, we'll get the show on the road. Amen. Live by faith. The just shall what? Romans 1.17. We are saved by what? Ephesians 2 and 8. You are justified by... Faith, Romans 5 and 1. You are sanctified by? By what? Sanctified by faith, Acts 26, 18. We are kept by faith or preserved. Kept or preserved by faith. 1 Peter 1, 5. You are blessed by faith, Galatians 3 and 9. You have access to the grace of God by faith, Romans 5, 2. Access to this grace wherein we stand. Okay, we stand by faith, 2 Corinthians 1 and 24. 2 Corinthians 1, 24. We walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. We fight the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6 and 12. We inherit promises through faith and patience. They inherited the promises, Hebrews 6 and 12. We resist Satan by faith, 1 Peter 5, 9, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Also, tie in with that one, we quench all the fiery darts of the devil by the shield of faith. The shield of faith, Ephesians 6, 16. We overcome the world by faith, 1 John 5 and 4. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our, our faith. We receive wisdom by, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, James 1, 6. Let him ask what? Faith, for faith, for wisdom by faith, by faith, by faith. And then we receive healing by faith, James 5, 15. James 5, 15. And the prayer of, shall what? Sounds like to me there's a lot, of, lot to be done by faith, don't you? Agree to that? Okay, and then we remove mountains by... Mountains of adversity are removed by... By faith. See? Alright, impossibilities are made possible by... That was Mark 11:23. I didn't think I had to give you that scripture there. In case you don't know it, Mark 11:23. you remove mountains by faith. 
Matthew 17, 20. And then impossibilities are made possible by... By what? Well, thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth. So it's by faith. You see, it's by faith. Mark 9, 23. And then we please God by... Hebrews 11, 6. Hebrews 11, 6. That's a long list. Oh, but beloved, you're overbalanced in faith. Is that right? Is that right? I declare to you that without faith it is impossible, period. Period. Punto in Spanish. Glory to God. That's the end of it all. Without faith. You can't please God. Without faith, you can't be saved. Without faith, you can't live for God. Without faith, you can't walk. Without faith, you can't fight. Without faith, you can't stand. If you can't walk, fight, stand, what are you going to do? Lay down and play dead or what? No, without faith. You can never be overbalanced in faith. That's what faith... As a matter of fact, let's just say it like this, like we said it before. We made two key statements in our previous lessons on faith. Number one, that faith is to the new covenant what works were to the Abrahamic covenant. Faith is to the new covenant what works were to the Abrahamic covenant. We said that. And then we said faith is of the spirit, works are of the flesh. Faith deals with the spirit of man, whereas works dealt with the flesh of man, man's flesh. Go to Galatians, the third chapter. Chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3. And uh, we are going to unfold some things you need to know. Now remember, we said faith is to the new covenant what works were to the old covenant. We said faith is of the human spirit. We said that works were of the flesh. They dealt with the flesh. Over here in Galatians 2nd chapter, we read the scripture, but we're going to go over it again from a different angle. Verse 2, This only what I learn of you, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made per- perfect by the flesh. That word perfect is, uh, it means completed or finished. Or to make complete. Finished, made complete. Are you made complete? You've begun in the Spirit. Are you now made complete by the flesh? Well, you've begun in the Spirit. And now are you made complete by the flesh? Well, I don't know about you, but I began in the Spirit, didn't you? I mean, I didn't know God until I got born again, did you? I knew of Him. I talked about Him. I went to a church that... Talked about him. I didn't know him. He wasn't my Savior. I wasn't born again. So I began, when I got born again, I began in the Spirit. Now, since you have begun in the Spirit, how many of you are going to be made perfect or completed by the flesh? Well, Paul seemed to say here that nobody's going to be made perfect or complete by the flesh. As a matter of fact, it was faith that got you started. Let's, let's put it this way. When you got born again... The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through what? So actually, beloved, on the very top of your faith list that I just gave you should be Ephesians 2 and 8. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved. And you could tie right in with that, Romans 1 and 17. The just or the justified ones, they shall live and shall live by faith. See? In other words, you got saved... By faith. You're alive because you got saved by faith in the Spirit. 
If any man is born again, he's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things have become new. Those new things came into your spirit, into your inner man. Isn't that right? So you got born again in the spirit. You started by faith. It was by grace you got saved through faith. It was the operation of faith that produced the new birth. You began in the spirit by faith. That's how you got saved. Number one on your faith list should be, we got saved by faith. And put that right there beside that, the beginning. I began in the Spirit. Well, you see, he said that for a reason. You took the law of the, the spiritual law of faith. You used that spiritual law to get you born again. But now you have switched from that spiritual law of faith and you've turned to the law of the works of the flesh. Now, it's sad to say this, but there are those that got born again and then they thought that serving in the church, becoming a teacher, a Sunday school teacher, a piano player, an organ player, or whatever, or whatever you just want to say, anything you've ever done in church, they thought that was perfecting them in spiritual things. And so, you know, they learn a little bit about the Word, and they do this, and they do that, and they do this, and maybe they're a deacon, or they're a board member, or maybe they, you know, do this, or they do that, and they do this. Listen, beloved, if you started in the Spirit, you are not going to be perfected or made complete by the flesh. Those things are for you to do, but they will not do anything in your spirit. They'll not cause development or spiritual growth inside your human spirit. Spiritual growth is of the spirit. Spiritual development is of the spirit. It's by faith. You need to be sanctified, and you're sanctified by not what you're doing. Just because you go to church, just because you do this, just because you do that, or just because you don't do something. See? Spiritual development, spiritual growth is in the human spirit. Faith is the only thing that's going to get you to grow up. Faith. You're going to see how it works, too. That's what we're doing. We're, we're talking about understanding faith. We're going to see how it works. Let's, let's give you some more scriptures, first of all. To verify what I'm saying to you. Romans 1.9. We gave you this before. But let's just look at a few scriptures. Paul said in Romans 1.9. I serve God or whom I serve with my what? How did he serve God? Now I hear a lot of people say, well, uh, you know, Brother So-and-so is a good, good Christian. He does this, he does that, he does this, he does that. He, you know, he helps clean the church and he does this or he does this over here. What a wonderful Christian he is. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with doing all those things. Matter of fact, if someone doesn't do them, they won't get done. They need to be done in the church. But I'll tell you something right now. You could work for God in the flesh all you want. You can do all kinds of things. And I guarantee you, you cannot grow up spiritually. You won't develop spiritually just because you do all those things. You know what the downfall is of many... Pastors, they get so busy for God in the flesh that they don't have any time to develop in the Spirit. I'll say that again. They get to working so much in the flesh and they justify their actions, you know, because, well, I had to go to hospital. I had to do this. 
and how to go do that, and how to do this, and how to do this, and how to do that. And you know, well, where do you get time for the Word? Where do you get time to pray in the Spirit? Where do you get time to develop your spirit? Where do you get time to stand before the presence of God? Where do you get time to grow in the spirit? Get used to spiritual things, develop a spiritual gifts. Where do you get all that? Well, I'm serving God. Yeah, with your flesh. Now listen. I didn't say it's wrong to do all those things for God. I said you'll remain a baby Christian till the day you die. You will remain... A baby, and then you'll become a carnal Christian, and you'll never develop spiritually because you won't have the time to. Paul did not serve God with his flesh. He served God with his spirit. With his spirit. With his spirit. You can do all the works you want in the flesh. They will not develop your spirit at all. Let's look at another scripture in the second chapter of the book of Romans. Verses 28, 29. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. Underline it. In the Spirit, and I might as well take this time to tell you, there are some that are going around and teaching this business about to believe God in the heart. When they use that word heart, he's not talking about your spirit. He's talking about your spirit and your soul. I'm not going to get into detail over it. If you want, call me and I'll talk to you about it. But they are not speaking about believing God just from your spirit. They are connecting the spirit and the soul together and saying that, that to believe when it uses the word heart here, he's talking about both spirit and soul. But let me declare to you this. He said here, circumcision is that of the, and the word is heart. And he verified what he was saying by saying in the spirit. You, beloved, serve God from your spirit. If your soul would be affected, it would have been affected when, it, when you were born again. When you were saved. You would not have to renew your mind right now. If the new birth came into your soul, and if the spirit and soul were inseparable, as far as by the word, well then, when you got the new birth, then your mind should be totally renewed to the word of God. Totally. And you shouldn't have to do it. So since it has to be renewed, it has to be dealt with, He's talking about serving God from your spirit, the man, the real you. That's what he's saying. Okay, let's read it again. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. Okay, another scripture, Galatians 6. I'll give you enough to verify what we're talking about, and we'll move on. Galatians 6, verse 12. And as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh. And there are many. And I'll tell you something right now, being in the office of a pastor, I, I, I tell you right now. It is easy to get into a sense of guilt and condemnation 
that if you think if, if you help everybody that tries to call or needs an appointment or somebody's brother or somebody's aunt or uncle or sister, and it's almost like that you get to a point, well, dear God, you know, am I obligated to everybody? Beloved, priorities must be set even in the life of the minister. My first service is unto God. If I don't do my service unto God, I am no good to you. I'm not God. I can only be good to you when I'm in touch with Him. Isn't that right? So I got to limit my, myself and give myself prayer time and so on and so forth. But there are many that are, are so proud of all the achievements. Well, I do this and I belong to this and I belong to this and I belong to that and I belong to this, you know. And there are many pastors. Now listen to me. There are many that send in the office of a pastor. And they get involved in so many programs, so many boards, so many thises and so many thats and so many... Pro- you know, like I said, everything that you could think of. And they think that this is serving God. And they wonder why they die early. They wonder why they die young. They wonder why they can't get healed. They wonder why all the problems occur. Beloved, I don't care who you are. You're not going to serve God in your flesh. I'm not going to serve God in my flesh. We're not kidding anybody. If you're going to grow, you're going to grow and develop in your spirit. Your spirit. The man on the inside. You began in the spirit. You must grow in the spirit. And the formula is the same. And you're going to see this as we go along also. But let's read the rest of this and I'll show you what I'm talking about. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. I like that. I like that. That just opened up to me just now. I like that. People think that they're suffering, suffering for Jesus in the flesh. He said those that work in the flesh, they do a work in the flesh because they don't want to suffer persecution for Jesus. Because when you start getting into the Spirit, beloved, you're going to suffer persecution for Jesus. When you start talking about spiritual things, you're going to suffer persecution for Jesus. When you start talking about His death, burial, and resurrection, and healing power, and glory, you're going to start to suffer persecution for Jesus. And they didn't want to do that. Let's go on here. For neither they themselves who are, who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Now listen. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them in mercy and upon the Israel of God. And verse 17 is powerful. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I'm dead with Jesus, he's saying. I'm crucified with Jesus. Now listen, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your with your what? With your what? The what of Jesus? The what? The grace. Grace. Are you saved through faith? Wherein we have access into this grace by faith. Grace is in your spirit. Works deal with the flesh. Can you see that? Grace is in the spirit. That's why I don't care how many times you played for the Lord. I don't care how many songs you sang. I don't care how many times you've cleaned the church. 
I don't care how many times you've done this and done that and took up an offering. I don't care how many times you did anything. No flesh can glory in the presence of the Lord. You don't have any access to the grace of God like that. You come by the way of faith and the throne of grace is open to you. That's why we need to know how faith works. That's why we need to know how to understand faith. That's why we should spend as much time in faith as they spent in the works of the law. And if you stop and think about it, we declared to you before that them children had to be taught the first five books of the Bible. They had to memorize it. They had to know it inside out. They had to know the law. They had to know all so much of it. We should spend all that time in faith. Why you teach faith so much? Did you read all that? Can you not see that every book is talking about faith as opposed to works? Because that dispensation is no longer this dispensation. We're in a new dispensation. And we need to understand our covenant. And it works by faith. Now, spiritual growth. You're over there. in uh, the, Going to Ephesians, the uh, fifth chapter. I'm going to show you something else. You remember that... Uh, Jesus, I mean, Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, you begun in the Spirit, right? Now, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may what? That you may grow. Now, he's talking, well, the Word doesn't go into your flesh. It goes into your Spirit. Desire the sincere milk of the Word that you, he's talking about the Spirit, spiritual growth he's talking about, may grow thereby. But I want to show you something else that, go, that ties with that. Over here in Ephesians 4 and 15. Spiritual growth is determined, you see, by the inward man. He said over here, speaking the truth in love may what? May what? Speaking the truth in love may grow up. Now think about that. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow, speaking the truth in love that ye may grow. Or growing up. See? Well, what in the world is speaking got to do with growing? I said, what does speaking have to do with growing? A whole lot. A whole lot. Out of the abundance of the Spirit, the mouth speaketh. Speaking the truth in love may grow up. Or growing up into Him in all things. The sincere word is the truth. Sanctify them by the word, thy word is truth. By the truth, thy word is truth. Okay, if the word is truth, then speaking the word in love may grow up, or growing up, growing up. Speaking has a lot to do with growing up. And yet, we've only heard some, you know, a sermon here about the tongue and so on and so forth. And you can learn, you know, by that. But I think unless you get a true understanding, like we've been breaking apart the covenants, the works of the flesh, the law of faith, the spiritual law of faith. We've been really building from a foundation. We've been building, dug deep to build on a foundation. We're not just going to go off and tell you about confessing your words. We're going to see by the Word of God and we're going to build by the Word of God the place confession has in our belief and in our spiritual development and growth. And when we get done... You are going to have a firm foundation to stand on to confess the Word of God from your heart. Okay. 
Now, Paul is the one. Let's go back to Romans. Paul is the one that gave us the law of faith in Romans, the 10th chapter, but he didn't give it apart from the Master Jesus. Jesus also gave us the law of faith. Now, remember, faith is taking the place of the workings of the law, the works of the flesh. Faith is taking over now. It's no longer what you do. Now it's what you say. I'll say that again. It's no longer what you do. It's what you say. All right, now let's, let's watch this. Let's go back to the 10th chapter, verses 9 and 10. Just for a moment, well, I just want to quote to you the law of faith. Matter of fact, write that. You should write that right above on the top of your Bible there. Right above it says Romans 10 chapter. The law of faith. This is a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. You need to know that. This is the law of faith. This law took, pl took the place of the law of the works of the flesh. That also was law. The trouble with it was that it, the law was spiritual, but we were carnal. But now this is spiritual, but you and I are spiritual or in the Spirit. Okay. In verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Number one on your list is how you begun. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto. You know, they couldn't work for 4,000 years to get righteous. Work, 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 work. Built the temple. Did this. Did that. Went through the sacrifices. Got the lambs. Did this. Did that. And they could not get righteous. We come along and say, I believe in my heart Jesus Christ died for my sins, raised it for my justification. Blessed be God on the righteousness of God in Christ. They get mad. We get happy. But you don't know how long we've worked. Well, that's just it. You don't get it by works. You get it by faith. But I've been to church all these years. And I, you mean to tell me I'm not, you mean I won't go to heaven? No, you won't. Unless you're born again. But I've done this and I did this in the church and I did that in the church and I was faithful to the church and I did this and I did Oh, blessed be God. I taught Sunday school for 30 and 40 years. It got nothing to do with it. A man is not justified by the works of the law. A man is justified by faith and by faith alone. This is the law of faith. It works like this. I didn't say it. The Spirit of God said it by the mouth of Paul. Now, with the heart man believing, with the mouth confession is made unto. But let's not explain that now. Let's go. You don't have to turn there. In Mark eleven twenty three, I just want to show you that Jesus also gave the law of faith. If I have to live by something called faith, and I'm told to live by faith, then I've got to realize, understand how it works. I've got to know what it is. It's spiritual law. I've got to know how this law works. Jesus said, this is the faith of God. And I'm just paraphrasing it. This is the faith of God. If I have to live by faith, I can't please Him without faith. He has got to tell me how to get that faith, how it comes, what it is, how to use it. If He doesn't do that. Then I have a right to challenge his, you know, justice. See, that it's not right. Okay. Mark eleven twenty three. He said, This is the faith of God. For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. 
and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That is the law. Write it in your Bible there if you don't have it written there. The law of faith. This is the law of faith. It is a spiritual law. The law works when it is appropriated. The law of faith. The spiritual law of faith. Now. Because God has given eternal life to every man, everybody, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that are you a whosoever? Whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Eternal life then is a free gift. That gift is given by God. God gave, God gave, God gave, God gave, God gave eternal life to man. Let's just put it that way. I need to be saved. You need to be saved. You need to have eternal life. Is there any problem with the giver? How many has he given eternal life to? All who will what? All who will what? All who will what? If I were to tell you that, brothers and sisters, J.C. Penney is uh, giving away refrigerators from 8.30 to 9 o'clock. How many of you would I preach to at 8.30? Everybody. Glory to God. You'd have to get it by faith. <laughs> no, if I were to tell you that tonight J.C. Penney is giving away Refrigerators. Anybody that comes between 8, 30, 9 o'clock and wants a refrigerator, they'll get a refrigerator. He is giving away. They're giving away refrigerators. Just anyone you want. Just come and get it. And you went home and told your wife or told your husband, said, Oh, man, J.C. Penny's giving away refrigerators. Oh, glory to God. Just anybody, just get it. It's free. It's free. Just go up there and get a refrigerator. Get all, you, know, you got it. Free. Just like that. For nothing. And you talked about it, 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 and talked about it. Finally, nine o'clock came around, and you said, Chishi Pitty's giving away refrigerators. Give them away. But I didn't get one. Whose fault is that? I said, Whose fault is that? Is it J.C. Penny's fault? Is it his fault? Well, the Father God has given eternal life to all that will what? And receive it. God gives, you receive. How do you receive? Now, James, the first chapter. We'll get back, hold back to the, hold back here because we're going to get right back to it. James, the first chapter. I don't know why we've got sense in, the common, in this common natural world, but when it comes to spiritual things, it seems like we don't have any common sense. I mean, you know, how many of you, if you knew that on a given day, a given half hour, hour I know everybody in this place would be up at J.C. Penney's, myself included, because I give to somebody. See, someone said, well, I don't need one. Well, I said, you can give to somebody else needs one. Isn't that right? Go give it to somebody else. I mean, praise God. If he's giving them away, see, all right. Now, verse 2. Well, let's start with verse 5. Let's just go down. We won't read all this. Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to... Huh? All men how? That means bountifully. 
and upbraideth not means he doesn't find any fault with you. Okay? And it's, it what? It, it, it what? It what? Might be? It shall be given. Okay? If you need wisdom, ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. How many has He given eternal life to? All. He loved the whole world. He, gave, he died for the sins of the whole world. Isn't that right? Is there any problem then with the giver? Do you think God's got more than J.C. Penny? Huh? He says He giveth to all men liberally, bountifully. Okay. Praise God for that. And if you come, He said, it will be given Him. But, now, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed, for let not that man think he shall what? Circle it. Shall what? Shall what? There's no problem with the giver. The problem was with the fact that you didn't go up to J.C. Penney's and receive your gift. You didn't go up to the store and claim your refrigerator. So the fact is, yeah, you didn't get a refrigerator, but it was not the giver's fault. You were not there. You didn't have access to getting it. Isn't that right? Do you think God's grace is greater than any earthly store? God's grace got more than refrigerators. It's got salvation. It's got healing. It's got wisdom. It's got understanding. It's got power. It's got glory. It's got mercy. It's got kindness. It's got everything you could imagine and everything you could think of on this that you need on this earth and in this life and in the life to come. It's got everything. God's grace is full of everything. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Let not that man, what man? The man that wavers in his faith, let not that man think he shall receive what? What? Just wisdom? Oh, he clarified that anything from the Lord. Anything. There's no problem with the giver, my friends. It's the receiver. Faith is a spiritual law that works every time, all the time. It's receiving it that will get what you need. I'm going to read that to you from the Amplified Bible. And uh, we'll just let it give us a fuller meaning. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God, who gives to everyone liberally, and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he asks, with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, and doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. There's nothing wrong with God's storehouses. There's nothing wrong with God's healing power. We just go to dance around and say, Oh, yeah, He heals. Yeah, not me, though. 
There's nothing wrong with the glory of God. There's nothing wrong with the power of God. There's nothing wrong with all His grace. Are you asking in faith without wavering, hesitating, or doubting? If you're hesitating, wavering, and doubting, don't even imagine you receive something from the Lord. It does not say, don't imagine that the Lord will give it to you. It does not say that. Again, I say to you, if the gift is given, already given, it just must be received. He said, let not the doubter, the hesitator, the waver, let not that man imagine or think he shall receive. See, it's not the give, it's the receive. God gives. I must receive. Let's go back to Romans. Tenth chapter. Now, in this tenth chapter of Romans, we want to see something about the law of faith. Faith is necessary for all you receive, starting with. Salvation, starting with being saved. Faith. You started in the faith. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? All right, let's see how they got saved by the faith. Go back up to verse 5. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. The law, we said, you must do or work. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. It speaks. The righteousness of faith speaks. The righteousness of the law works. It speaks. It does two kinds of speaking. It says and it says not. It says not in thine heart. Spirit. Who shall ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring him up, Christ up from the dead? Listen to me. If I went out witnessing to you, and I told you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth came, he came from heaven, he was born of a virgin, etc., 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 and you know, he died on the, on, the, on the cross, and he was raised up from the dead, and you know, you're a sinner, tell me, you expect me to believe that story of the virgin birth? Do you expect me to believe that Christ came from heaven? He was born of a virgin. He was born into this, this world. And then he died and then he went into the, into the grave and so on and so forth. And then he was raised up. How is that going to happen? How is this going to happen? And so on and so forth. Don't say that in your heart. Don't say who's going to go off and get him up there and bring him down in my heart. Don't say who's going to bring him up from the dead. Don't even say that in your heart. Forget that. See? That's what the problem was with the Jews. They didn't want to believe that. So that's what they said in their hearts. Deceived them on their own selves. I never said that. Did you? Stop and think about it. Stop and think about being an atheist. And you come along and just tell them, Did you ever try to get somebody to say that says, I don't believe in Jesus? I didn't believe he existed. Okay, did you ever try to get that person saved? I'll tell you right now, it doesn't work. As long as he says he doesn't believe in Jesus, and he doesn't believe that he, was, that he died for your sins, and he wasn't raised from dead, he'll never get saved. I mean, any of you are never. 
Never, 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 never. You get the same person. Same person. If he stops saying that in his heart and turns around and says, I believe Jesus Christ did come. I believe He came from heaven. I believe He came into the earth. I believe He died. I believe He was raised from the dead for me. And I declare to be my Lord and Savior. That person will be saved. Same person. Isn't that true? Isn't that right? The law of faith then has to deal with what you say and believe in your heart. I've talked to a good, a good many born-again spirit-filled Christians that says, I don't believe that I'm supposed to be in divine health. What can I say? Say not in thine heart, I don't have to be in divine health. Don't say that. See? It speaks. It says something. So what does it say? Well, verse 8 tells you. But what saith it? It says, the word Jesus is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. The word of faith. The word of faith that we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth his confession makes unto salvation. You do that, friend, and glory is coming into your spirit. I mean that. If you mean that in your heart, speak it with your mouth. Now, let's verify that with Jesus. In his law of faith, he said, Say or speak unto the mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his spirit, his heart, his spirit, his inner man, he will not doubt in his spirit. You see, he shall have whatsoever he is speaking, whatsoever he saith. Now, that's the law of faith. That's how the law of faith works. That person that believes that and says that will be saved. So, it says not, verses 6 and 7, but it says, verses 8 through 10. So, write that there. It says not and it says. This is what the law of faith does. It says. Either it says not or it says. And I can just use that same uh, pattern and just use it for everything that you can think of. Everything that says you cannot please God, let's say, without faith. Okay, here you go. Oh, I just can't seem to please God. Say not in thine heart, I can't please God. But say the word is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith. I'm not in the flesh. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. But I'm in the Spirit, for I'm born of His Spirit, and therefore I please my Father God. Hallelujah. Man, you're in faith. And the power of God will be released right there. And you'll know that that condemnation will leave you right just like that. Say not in thine heart, I'm not a conqueror. I just can't seem to get the victory. Faith doesn't say, but what does faith say? Believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. I am more than a conqueror through Him that loved me, and it shall be. See? Say not in thine heart, I can't get my healing. The Word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the Word of faith that we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is your healer, and believe in your heart that He has healed your body, thou shalt be healed. He took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. The law of faith is in operation. Okay. Now, 
It speaks and it believes in the heart. Let's say that together. It speaks and believes in the heart. All right. But you see, there's more to it than just that. We just can't live on that. We've got to know what it speaks. We've got to know how to believe in the heart. And what it means to believe in the heart. But let me give you another scripture to confirm it speaks. Uh, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Like I said, we're going to go slow, but we are going to be precise. We're going to let our spirits develop and grow in the area of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We having the same spirit of what? According as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now listen. If Paul wrote this, I mean, if anybody knew how the law worked, it was him. Pharisee of the Pharisees. Hebrew of the Hebrews. Touching the law of blameless. He knew how it worked. He counted all but dung. And said, All the things that I have done, all the works of the flesh, all the intellectual knowledge, all, man, everything I did as a member of the Senate, etc., etc., all that I did, I count then but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Savior. He, by the Spirit of God, declares that this is the law of faith. This is how faith works. Now, to be perfected in it, in your spirit, to grow and to mature. Okay? It's not the flesh what you do. It's what's in your heart and what you're saying. I can detect where your spiritual growth is in many areas by listening to what you say. When someone says, and this is not to knock anybody. I'll tell you what, when someone comes and tells me, look at brother... I could tell by what you're saying that your believing is wrong in your heart. I appreciate that. Because we need each other to help each other grow, okay? Speaking the truth, the word from your heart, speaking the truth in love, grow up into Him. When I hear somebody gossiping, I know that they have not grown up spiritually. When I hear somebody knocking another brother with their tongue, I know that they've not grown up spiritually in that area. Or either they just missed it. You can't judge this by one. You know, we're all capable of missing it. But you you can determine in your own life if you're growing up spiritually by what you're saying. Listen to what you're saying. And it's not what you're saying most of the time. It's what's in your heart that's causing you to say what you're saying. Out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay? So it's what's in your heart that's causing your mouth to say the words that you're saying. When someone says, I just can't seem to get the victory. I know that in your heart you don't understand how, the, how to get the victory. So you need to have help so you can learn how to get the victory. I just can't seem how to get, how to get my healing. Now there are a lot of people that will listen to poisonous doctrine. There's a lot of people that listen to a lot of people that will preach some truth. And then throw in a little bit of garbage and trash and poison. In their spirit. And they'll think just because that they're a wonderful speaker or they're a wonderful preacher and, you know, so on and so forth. They'll take the good and the bad and they'll accept it into their spirit. 
So consequently, a very good example is the case of divine healing. And they'll go out and say, well, now, brother so-and-so said he had to be sick for the glory of God. And if he had to be sick for the glory of God, i got to be sick for the glory of God, too. And I'm, you know, blessed be God, and he didn't get healed, so how am I going to get healed? And that kind of poison will get your spirit man so deceived that that's all you'll ever say. That kind of person will be hard to get that person ever healed. It, it will. See, that's spiritual law. It's not because they're saying it with their mouth. It's because they believe it in their heart. Hear me when I say that because we're going to hit this confession business in the head. It's not because they're saying it with their mouth only. It's because they believe it in their heart is why they're saying it with their mouth. You turn that thing around. I say a lot of things with my mouth that i got to get into my heart. Like, as he is, so am I in this world. Ooh, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Get that into your heart, beloved, and you'll walk in the light thereof. But if you keep saying it and developing it into your spirit, it'll become a reality. That you'll walk as he walked. I say it all the time. I should walk even as... I owe it to him to walk even as he walked. And the more I say that, the more it'll go into my spirit, man. It'll bypass the intellect. It'll fill up my spirit, man. And then my spirit, man, once it believes it in my spirit... It's confirmed in my spirit. I'll walk around and I'll say it boldly. See, there's the twofold workings of faith. Confession under faith and a confession of faith. And that's, we'll get into that as we go along in this teaching. But I'm not going to get into it right now. Now, in uh, the area of, not only the area of salvation. That's, that's the start. Matter of fact, everything we wrote down on that list, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. You could put... It's impossible to please God without believing in your heart and speaking with your mouth. Or calling those things that be not as though they were. That sort of thing. You, can, you could just put it, it's, we walk by believing with our heart and speaking with our mouth. That's what faith is. Now, there are actions that go along to faith, but I'm not going to get into that now. I want to just lay out the foundation here. The law of faith was given by the Spirit of God through Paul, and by Jesus Himself. He said, this is the law of the God kind of faith. And remember something. You say, well then how? Then what do I do with my flesh? Well, Paul said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, which Jesus said the faith of God was, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. That's how I live my life in the flesh. I am sanctified by believing in my heart and confessing my mouth. You change your heart, your flesh will change. Let me give you an example of that. There's a lot of things you instantly stopped doing when you got born again. You know why? Your heart changed. But we've got to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of this flesh and spirit. Perfecting wholeness, right? In the fear of God. But there's still some things that got to be dealt with you in your spirit and have got to be developing these things in your spirit. Your spirit man will grow and develop. And when it does, you see, then the outward man will change right along with it. Someone says, I tried to do that, I tried to give it up, and so on and so forth, and I got back to it. And they get condemned over it. Listen, you're working on the wrong thing. If you're trying to quit smoking, if you're trying to quit this, if you're working, on, you're working on, the, on the thing, you're not working on the spirit. You build it into your spirit, and then your spirit man will dictate to your flesh, and your flesh will just kick it up. See? Don't try to get in condemnation over some things. And then they get guilty over it because I tried it, and I was sincere when I, I wanted to stop doing it for the Lord. I just can't seem to do it. And they feel guilty. And the devil puts you in condemnation over it. 
Don't get in condemnation right now. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Develop it in your spirit. When you get into your spirit, it'll blow that thing right out of your body. Oh, I guarantee you by the Word of God, it'll do it. You change the spirit, man, it'll change your flesh. It starts that way. It started in the spirit. It changed me from the beginning when I got saved, didn't it? It'll continue to do that in your flesh as you continue to appropriate the law of faith. Now, uh, in the area of healing. Well, there's a classic example. Let's just read through it. I'm not going to take the time because we're, we want to get this all on one table. I'm not going to take the time to expound. Go to Mark 5. I'm not going to take the time to uh, explain step by step. But we will just look over this. If it's the area of healing that you need to be developed in. Let's let the Word of God show how consistent it is. Verse 25. Remember, everybody remembers, I'm sure, the woman with the issue of blood. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and was nothing better but rather grew worse. Suffered many things of many physicians, was nothing, spent all she had, was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard. Now, faith comes by what? All right, faith came. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press and touched his garment. Now, why did she do that? Well, he goes on to say in verse 28. For she what? All right, because she said. She said. If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, why did she say that? Why did she say that? She believed it in her heart. You say, how do you know she believed it in her heart? Because anybody that's half dead that will leave her tradition and leave her old place that she's living in and crawl through a multitude of people on her hands and knees to get to Jesus and touch his garment, she got to believe in her heart. Her actions correspond. But I don't want to get into that. I want to just show you this. She heard that brought faith. But she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of that plague. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. I just want to say to you, when you operate in faith, the virtue of the power of God is available. She tapped into the virtue of God. She tapped into the healing power of God by faith. The healing power is ever-present. It is connecting to that power. Electrical power is present in that outlet right there. If I plug in a radio, it will play as long as the source is there. Isn't that right? God's healing power and source is always present to heal. If you will tap into that healing power, you will be healed. Okay, look what she did. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself, the virtue got himself out of him, turned and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest a multitude throng in thee. Why sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her done this thing. But the woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell before him and told him all the truth, all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Be whole of thy plague. What did her faith say? She said, if I may but touch his clothes, I will. In essence, she said, I will be healed. Because she heard. She says, I will be healed. I will be healed. That was her faith speaking. She believed that in her heart. Right? Jesus said, that was faith. She appropriated the spiritual law of faith 
for healing. She actually carried out the law of faith. When it was put in motion, it touched the powerhouse of God, the grace of God, the healing virtue of God. Anybody that does it will touch the healing power of God. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy believing in thine heart and confessing with thy mouth has brought unto thee healing unto your body. Your faith did it. Go and be whole of thy plague. That's the operation of faith. That's the spiritual law of faith. That's how it works. It worked for salvation. 90% of the church has stopped right there. And then they continue to work. I work, I work, I work, I, I work. Now that's what the problem is in the church today. We're going to close it right here. <laughs> you want to hear more, sister? Um, when I first came here, a little over two years ago, we touched basically and mostly in the area of faith. And... Uh, to many, it was new. In a sense, we've never heard that kind of faith preached before. Okay? The depths of faith. Well, I want to say something to you. That was just a period where you were learning. And first of all, you were trying to discover whether or not it was true. Is this guy wacko or, you know, is this the truth? I never heard it on that fashion before. Is this for real? So you followed every scripture to find out if it was true. May I just have the pleasure of knowing how many believe it's true? Amen. Lift up your hand if you believe it's true. Now are you ready for this? Now we're ready to make it good. Because it takes time to get at least the foundation into your spirit. Now you're ready and receptive to bring more light on this subject into your spirit because you are open to it now. It's ready to come into your spirit and it's going to be ten times more effective now than it was way back then. And we're going to get so powerful in it. See, it is going to work like that. And those of you that have never really heard the depths of faith, you just hang in there and listen. Because you'll grab a hold of it. It'll drive anything out of your body. It'll get you delivered, saved. Whatever it is that you need, it'll get it for you. But I want to lay this foundation down. And can you see this fact? That we are to be in faith as they were in the law and works. Meaning we are to, our whole walk is faith. That's it. And that's why faith, faith, faith. Well, you say, why faith so much? That's, that's why. I don't care what you do. You'll do it by faith or you won't please God when you do it. Amen. Now you're going to understand the depths of faith. So let's close right here. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.